You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Who are you going to call? So when you want to call, you dial that number. Call! It's the Jeep Talk Show Call-In Show with Tammy and Tony. They're going to be talking Jeeps with you. There's no show without you, so call in now. Just make the call. Good call! Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 24 of the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. It's a show all about you. A chance where you get to share your Jeep experiences with us live. Each week we ask you a question about anything Jeep. And then we want you to call in and share your story or answer our question. We love to hear from you, so please give us a call. You can call right now. Just dial 302-202-1110 and enter in the code 219-835. I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama from the Jeep Mama blog at JeepMama.com. And joining me every Tuesday night from the Jeep Talk Show headquarters is Tony, the founder of the Jeep Talk show podcast hey tony how are you uh, feeling oh, today i mean I'll, uh, that sounds good tammy I, and i think that, that it was wonderful that you put it that way but i always feel uncomfortable when you when you uh, uh you know pump me up like that oh, <laughs> but you you've done this awesome thing for everybody <laughs> yeah i know but still it just hey, it kind of feels uh, it, it feels funny i mean I, I haven't said anything until now all right so and let's... ladies and gentlemen live <laughs> from new york city it's no. tony so uh let's let's get into the uh, missing the episode last week uh some of you yes. may have noticed some of you may have not I, I did put up a post on the uh uh the website jeeptalkshow.com uh about me being sick and i am still sick unfortunately it's not a life-threatening thing uh i got to go to uh the uh, emergency room uh not last sunday but the sunday prior and uh, got to go to the uh, urologist uh, this past Friday because apparently uh, it, uh, there's a lot of people going to the urologist because there's no appointments available. And do you know that they uh, they took another X-ray uh, of my kidney stone, first one ever? Uh, they took an X-ray on Friday, and the doctor didn't review it until today. What? Yeah, I uh, I called. Uh, I mean, I certainly understand the weekend uh, may not you know may not review it. Um, my boss at work actually said, you know, Hey man, you got to stay on them. They're not the ones hurting. <laughs> so I yeah. called, I called Monday afternoon and, uh, the, the great thing was the nurse was very upfront about it saying, no, he hasn't reviewed the x-ray yet. I didn't go what? like, what? Bad. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, again, it's not a life threatening thing. So I, I no, guess but it's painful, very painful. And, uh, but, but fortunately, uh, over the last, mm, I guess it was uh, Sunday, I went a good 12 hours with not really having any pain. It wasn't until Sunday evening. And even then, the pain wasn't that bad. So I, I think it's very close to its exit, but it, it may be stuck. Uh, it's a 5-millimeter stone, which apparently uh, in um, uh, doctor terms is uh, you have a 50-50 chance of passing it. So, oh. yeah. So, well, um, you know, they say the pain that you're going through is just like the pain we go through when we give birth. I, my uh, female... A uh, medical doctor who had to visit to get more hydrocodone <laughs> about midweek, uh, Wednesday midweek, and I was out from work all week. I couldn't work on anything with a podcast or anything. I, it just hurt too bad. I just was trying to find anything to get rid of the pain. But anyway, when I went uh, to the doctor on Wednesday to get another prescription for the hydrocodone, she said actually said it was worse. 
yeah. than childbirth. And I can't believe what you guys have been complaining about because it's not that uh, bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you going to march on, on me now, Tammy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Well, anyway, Tammy, I know somebody in the uh, chat room uh, earlier before we got the uh, the stream going was actually asking what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, I couldn't remember well, since, you know, we had the week off. Uh, right. Uh, well, last week or the week before, yeah. we said we were going to talk about what motor oil oh, of course. you use in your Jeep. So I thought we'd stick with that. Okay. But like, you know, any you can talk about anything if you call in. So anything Jeep. Um. So we're going to ask you, what motor oil do you use in your Jeep? Well, I so guess- you call us mm-hmm. at 302-202-1110, and then when that answer is punch in, 219-835. And you see that scrolling across your screen right now. Oh, and you'll be able to hear the show, so don't worry about having, well, how am I going to be able to stream the show on my phone and call in? Well, to stop the stream on your on your phone, call in, and you'll be able to hear the show, and uh, then Whenever we uh, uh, pick on you, uh, pick on you. When we uh, select your uh, your call, you'll know it's your turn, and uh, we don't hang up on you. So you can just continue to listen to the show on your phone uh, until the show's over, if you like. Um, right. So I guess where we should start, Tammy, is, um, and I, I hope I'm not going to put you on the spot on this, but you have a, a brand new, relatively speaking, I, I think it's a year old, uh, a little over maybe a year and a half old, um, 2015 JKU. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was, I'm sure you've had oil changes done. I don't know that oh. you've actually done one. But no, do you know what motor oil that is, is recommended for yours? No, and I was trying to look that up just a little while ago. And it, it didn't really, I couldn't really find a, a good answer that I trusted. Well, it probably um, would be in your owner's manual. Oh, I guess I could look there. <laughs> it's in my Jeep, by the way. Yeah, I figured I figured that. You still got uh, snow up there? Or is that all gone away? Oh, it's gone. I did um, find a how to change your oil. Um, somebody did a step-by-step. And he says to use six quarts of 5W20 oil. Mm, I guess. It, I guess it really depends on the engine. I actually right. like it a little thicker than that, but I'm in a different uh, climate than you are. Yeah, this was for the 3.6 V6 Pentastar engine um, for the 2007 to, to the 2012 Jeep. So I don't know if mine's going to be any different. So uh, I'll just uh, jump in with what uh, what I run in mine. Now, I have a 1998 Jeep Cherokee, uh, and... Uh, I'm not quite sure what it was uh, whenever I got it, uh, I, but I'll tell you this. It was brand new, and it had 19 miles on it, and during the summertime, if I took a hard left turn with the engine running at temperature, everything was nice and hot, uh, 90 to 100 degrees outside, probably closer to 100 degrees outside, if I took a, a sharp left turn, the oil pressure would drop down to 5 PSI. Was there not enough oil in it? No, plenty of oil. Why would it? I mean, do this that? is brand new, brand new. Right. Well, uh, as as oil heats up, the viscosity goes down, so it gets thinner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some way the, the way the the design of the pan and the the pickup coil. I mean, the pickup, not coil, but the pickup for the uh, for the oil pump and everything. It, it it manifested itself as low oil pressure 
when I was taking a left-hand turn. But, I, you know, I, I always drove that Jeep like it was a sports car, especially when it was stock. So right. I was taking that uh, uh taking that ninety degree at a pretty pretty sharp pace. So uh that bothered me obviously because I don't I mean the the oil pressure on a, a four point is generally pretty low anyway. I mean ten psi is n- absolutely normal at idle uh, on a hot day. So I made the the command decision to stop using whatever it was I was using at the time and go to straight thirty pins oil. And a friend of mine goes, "That's what I put in my lawnmower." <laughs> yeah, so the that kept the viscosity that whenever you have that 5w20 or 5w30 or whatever it is that means the viscosity can change and i think it, the the intent there is to allow the um the thickness of the oil to change so you get a little bit better gas mileage i didn't care about gas mileage i just wanted all the bearings and everything lubed now uh fast forward um, many years uh, uh later uh, and we're tearing down that that motor that i ran the pins oil uh, straight 30 for years, uh, 10 years, 15 years at least, uh, at least 10 years. And uh, my the same friend that was talking about the uh, the oil that was in his lawnmower uh, said it is one of the cleanest engines inside that he has ever seen. That's pretty cool. He couldn't believe that it was because, right. uh, that, that, uh, not, not, I shouldn't say because, but he couldn't believe that it was the uh, the uh, that what of what oil I was running in there. So currently I run Mobile One. Uh, the same friend told me the Mobile One and the Mobile One oil filter. Well, I see that's we, what. Go ahead. That's what the website, the step by step oil change Mobile One. Tony, we have a caller. Yep, a new caller. We actually have two. Mm-hmm. Let's. Should we take the first one? Yep. Hey caller, thanks for calling in. Uh, what's your name and what kind of Jeep do you got? Uh, my name is Bart. Hey Bart. Hi. Love I'm you on really the Simpsons, man. <laughs> you there? Yes, yeah, sir. go ahead. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, really excited about this topic. I actually uh, messaged you guys probably around three weeks ago about it because I got a 94XJ recently. Mm-hmm. And um, it drives pretty good, except I just wanted to make sure. I gave it what it deserved. Um, I've been doing research, and I found two motor oils, uh, one of them being 20W50 Valvoline Racing Oil I see some guys are using, and then another one is 15W40 Rotella um, because it contains a pretty good bit of zinc, and I hear they like zinc. Yeah, those those um, uh, those, uh, hydraulic uh, lifters. Um, the flat tap at cam really you really need the zinc in there to um to get the proper wear and not to damage the uh, the lifters or the uh, the cam so yes that definitely needs zinc which you can add separately but i like it already in the oil yeah um i'm actually doing it tomorrow that's where i'm at in this whole tune-up that's taken me a lot longer than what i was expecting mm-hmm. um but yeah so I'm thinking right now I'm going to probably end up going with the Rotella because the racing oil just sounds kind of iffy. I think I was uh, <laughs> actually the one that was uh, maybe we were chatting in Facebook or something, uh, but I remember. Yeah, I think we were. Uh, I remember because uh, I think my comment was racing oil. This is a Jeep. It's a 4.0. It's a tractor engine. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. would, I, frankly, I would stay away from anything that says racing because that's kind of like uh, airplanes, boats, and uh, fast women. It's going to cost you a lot of money in the end. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think, 
Do you think the Rotella is probably a pretty good? I have never used it. Uh, I've heard uh, talk about it. I've heard uh, talk about the uh, Amsoil. Uh, but, of course, the Amsoil, uh, and I'm probably saying that wrong, they have a lot of dealers, individuals that are just uh, that that operate as dealers and sell it personally. So I never know that if if it really is that good or if somebody's just trying to sell it. Um, I got a, a I that that same buddy of mine that uh, has done a lot of work on uh, on vehicles, and his dad did as well. He recommended the Mobile One high mileage uh, synthetic oil because it comes with zinc in it, and it's a um, it's it's just something that he uses and has had very good luck with. And I also use the Mobile One uh, oil filter. And don't quote me on this, but I believe I use the MB301, which is roughly twice the size uh, that an, of the normal filter that you would put on a 4.0. And of course, that gives the um, there's that gives it more oil capacity and more filtering uh, inside that filter. And I've heard a lot of I've read a lot of good things about the Mobile One um, uh, filters as well. Uh, so that's my suggestion to you. And I'm, I'm sure there's some others out there that may, will have uh, some. Uh, uh, some things that they can add as far as what oils they've used and what successes they've had with it. And, of course, I would, like I was just saying earlier, the Pennzoil Straight 30 just did wonders on my engine. Uh, I would probably say the only bad thing about it is is that being Straight 30, um, it's probably not a bad thing if you're down in South Texas where, I mean, I think it hit 80 today. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, I, you know, wow. it's, it's warm down here almost all the time. Uh, winter is like two days in February. So, and, and they're not side by side. <laughs> Now, is the zinc just you. for your specific engine, or is that something it's, that we all should use? It's the design. I don't know about your engine specifically, Tammy, uh, but the design of the 4.0 because of the hydraulic lifters that are used and uh, how they um, uh, touch the cam, uh, they need that zinc in there so that the, um, uh, how can I put it, it the glaze, the, the, the metal, uh, that's on there stays there and doesn't wear and then you know runs runs into problems with wearing down the lobes and having a lot of timing issues and et cetera et cetera basically going to a rebuild or or worse hey bart what kind now, of the zinc did you pretty, say you would that be oh. i'm sorry what was that no you go ahead no i i, I actually also have a 2.5 liter wrangler and i know i know <laughs> 2.5 but it's it's always done me re- right i mean this is my second yj um the, my first one i had to unfortunately give up because it was in the virgin islands and it just didn't make sense to bring it back up right. north uh so i ended up getting another 2.5 now they look pretty much like the exact same engine side by side except the 4.0 is just longer um is it the same concept with the zinc i do not know i am not familiar with the 2.5 and uh, just like you said, I know, I know, I have uh, never wanted to, to venture down that trail, um, pun intended, <laughs> with a 2.5 liter engine. I've just heard a lot of bad things. I have noticed what you're talking about, though. I have seen them, uh, the 2.5 online in the breakdown. It just looks like a, a straight uh, a straight six with two cylinders lopped off the front. And like both of these Jeeps are 94, and if you look at them, it looks like Chrysler even used the same parts um, for a lot of the mechanisms, I could be wrong, but I think in, I think in '94 it was not a Chrysler. I think it, in '94 it was. Uh, I don't know who who owned them in '94, but I don't think it was Chrysler. I wasn't Chrysler. I don't think I could so. Have sworn I saw a Chrysler. I'm one of the owners. Maybe, maybe I didn't really you you, you could be right. Yeah, you could be right. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly just, I've always been a Jeep fan, and then I ended up getting my first Wrangler just because it was that car that I always wanted down in St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, I started listening to your show probably around two months ago while I was in the mm-hmm. middle of my YJ frame-off restoration and um, ended up buying an XJ. I didn't even like XJs. And then I started <laughs> wow. listening to your show, and it kind of sold me. I was like, you know what? It'd probably be warmer in the winter and has four doors. I mean, you can pretty much get them up here for a pretty decent price, and so that's what happened. I ended up getting one. <laughs> that's great. Now, um, I love the Wranglers. My wife has a 2003 uh, TJ, and it's a lot of fun. But there, there's something, I don't know, I guess maybe I've just had the 98 for so long. It's just like uh, uh, being at home. It just it feels, you know, natural and normal. And uh, it's an automatic. The uh, the TJ is a standard. And, and standards are fun. Uh, they're just not fun while you're sitting in traffic. That's just oh. it. And, I mean, after I put all the work that I did into this YJ, I was kind of thinking, you know what? I do not want to drive it in the snow up here with somebody running into me. I've heard of so many people doing those builds, and then they get hit, and then that that has to be heartbreaking. Yeah. So <laughs> I figured, you know what? This this might just be that nice sunny day vehicle, you know. But that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. So, uh, what if if you go with that Rotella? Uh, am I saying that right? Or is that what you add with cheese? I think that's the the, the queso dip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what was it called again? I think it was Rotella. I had my okay. So but, um, if you, if you go with I mean, that, I've let heard us of a lot of people. Yeah, if you go with that, let us know uh, what you uh, what you think of it. Um, it. It probably will be a while before you get any kind of sense of you know how well it, it runs. I don't know if you. You monitor your gas mileage or not, but if you uh, you might even see some uh, MPG increase uh, with the proper well. Well, this Cherokee actually that I have it it, it sat for two years, and um, I ended up I'm doing like a full tune up on it. Everything's getting redone, and this is probably like my fourth week into it, and I'm almost at the end, and that's what I was kind of hinting about the oil and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the engine runs great, shifts great, everything, the driveline seems pretty solid. But I just wanted to make sure I put the right oil after I changed this old oil out. Mm-hmm. So now I don't want to, I don't want um, to jinx you, and I know we're getting off subject here. But uh, did you change the the transmission oil? And I'm, I'm assuming you have the automatic, the AW4 uh, transmission in the Cherokee. Nope, AX15. Oh, okay, so you didn't. I always you wanted an AX15. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was the fun part of it. Good. Well, you won't have to worry about it then, because yeah. I was going to tell you about uh, not changing uh, oil, all of the uh, automatic transmission fluid in the AW4, but you don't have to worry about that. So that's good. Uh, did yeah, you- I mean it shifts smooth, so I'm I'm just going to check the level. Low, I might add some, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, I would only uh, I would only be concerned uh, if there was any water in it, and uh, uh, you know, not knowing. Uh, what what it was done to it before you got it, but like you say, it shifts fine, so it it probably is fine. As far as I can see, nothing was done. Um, one thing that I did know that is changing the leaf springs on these things is a pain compared to the YJ. Mm-hmm. That was probably like a good solid four working days just <laughs> trying oh to figure goodness. out that whole thing because I was expecting it to be a whole lot easier. 
Well, it, it's, I, th- I think it's really simple as long as you don't have a lot of rust to deal with. But I think almost everybody, unless they're in uh, uh, parts of California, Arizona, uh, maybe New Mexico and uh, Texas and Florida, uh, and Florida is a questionable with all the sea, the sea air, uh, you always have to contend with uh, the rust and those bolts rusting. And a lot of people, when they go to remove the eye bolt uh, or the bolt on the, f- the front of the leaf spring, eh, the nut that's welded in there that you can't see and you can't get to will break off the, the unibody and just spin, and you can't get the bolt out. And then you have to wind up cutting yep. a hole <laughs> to get to it. Luckily, so, those I got, I got free. The ones that were obtained were the ones in the back in the frame. I okay. ended up having to go through the floor pan. Oh, my goodness. Um, to get to it. I mean, I watched a lot of links and stuff. Yeah. And there were some people that actually uh, grinded off right there below, right there on the bottom of the frame, but I didn't really want to cut into the frame because the frame was solid. But if you go up through the floor pan, um, the frame is actually just kind of hollow up there. Mm-hmm. There's no frame on the top. So I just kind of cut into there and got access to it. Went through a lot of Saws all blades. So I found <laughs> out that the carbide ones were the one to go with. Right. <laughs> and yeah, um, it was a learning experience. But and, and just and, right now. and just so you know, before you before your friends uh, start teasing you about it, it's not a frame. the The XJ does not have a frame. It's a unibody. So well, it's a unibody. Fr- I don't know. Yeah, I know. I it's 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 really it's really hard to describe. Change the body on this. Well, the body and the the pseudo frame are the same thing. So that little channel that they yeah. have in there uh, that looks like a frame, it's part of the body. So, But it's always fun uh, to give somebody a hard time. And, and now that you that know that... Is that a thing that you guys have? What's that? Is that a thing that you guys have? You well, it, it's, like, it's like the noob. You know, it's like, okay, this is a noob. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And the thing that's always fun is... Well, I, know it's, I knew it was a unibody frame, but I just... I, I kind of still thought that little piece down there, still the frame, except it's just attached to the body. It's, yeah. I didn't even get that. I, I thought I could just unbolt the whole thing. And yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. One of the fun things to do on a, on a forum is somebody uh, wait for the, the new person to come in and say, hey, what do, you think you got, uh, I got, I sh- what do you think I should do on my XJ? Should I do a body lift or a suspension lift? It's like, well, you ain't doing a body lift because there's no there's no difference between the frame and the body. So, no, I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm just kind of letting you know, if in case you didn't, that it it's not a it's not a frame. It's a unibody. So, I have the same problem. You know, what do you call it? So, so hey, Bart, it's, what, it's, what what color Jeep do you have? Oh yeah. All right. Now, which one do you want first, the Cherokee or the Wrangler? The red one. But no, the black one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. The XJ, it's it's in it's in neutral. It's green. So, but the Wrangler, I'm actually doing matte black. However, however, it uh, has all of the accents in red. Okay. Like the engine and everything is like a Ferrari color red. Wow, and the engine. I did I did red bushings. I did red pumpkins. Um, I actually used uh, caliper paint for the majority of the accents just because of how it holds up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so. Do you have a hope, social media page where you have pictures? <laughs> I'd love to see that. I don't think you heard that. Um, 
the pictures, I I do have pictures. I mean, right now the body's not done. That's one of the reasons why I got the XJ was because it got too cold up here in PA uh, for paint. So I was like, oh, I need something for the winter because I honestly felt naked not having something for the winter. So I was like, I got to get an XJ. I got to do something. So that's one of the reasons why I got the XJ. And one of the reasons I could talk my wife into allowing me to get the XJ. <laughs> now, do you go wheeling? Are you going to go wheeling? With the XJ, yeah, because I think that's going to be the kind of thing that I'm going to uh, do that with. I ended up getting a three-inch lift on it just because you didn't have to do too many more crazy things. It was pretty much mm-hmm. cut and dry. Right. Um, how close are you but, to yeah. How close are you to Roush Creek? Uh, probably right now I'm in like 45 minutes. Oh, I'm so jealous. I live and work in Maryland. You live in Maryland? Yeah. Uh, I work in Maryland. Maryland, So I'm kind of work there, and then I get like three days off, and then I come up to my shop and tinker around in my happy place. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. All right, Bart. um, Yeah. Well, if you ever go to Rush Creek, look me up and let me know. Maybe. I'll meet you up there and we can wheel. Yeah, but we really, really appreciate you calling in, Bart. And my goodness, it was such an interesting call. We spent a lot of time on it. Uh, yeah. I was I was monitoring the, the calls, and uh, Steve, uh, 4.3 LXJ, had called us, but uh, he uh, he disconnected while uh, while we were talking about it. I think he Bart. probably thought we were looking for a caller. He always saves us. Yeah, 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 which which I always appreciate that, Steve. Although I would have liked to heard from Steve on what, oh, he, yeah. what he thought about the oil, because you know he's got a lot of uh, experience oh, in it. Oh, tons of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, we uh, if somebody wants to call in and uh, get in here right before we uh, close the show, please uh, feel free to do so. Uh, just chat it up here with Tammy a little bit. Uh, I'm going to uh, berate her a bit. Tammy, I can't believe you were going to come in here and talk about oil and you don't even know what oil is used in your own Jeep. I know. I am. I was going to do it when I got home from work. <laughs> I was running late, and then I had to go play basketball. I am a... A practice person for my son's sixth grade team, so I he's run okay. up and down the court with a bunch of sixth graders, and he's okay with that. Yeah, actually, he wants to me to guard him because he likes ah. to break my ankles. <laughs> he wants to rough mom up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Clean this up, mom. <laughs> uh-huh. So then I got home and I'm like rushing, and so I will find out and let you guys know yeah. Thursday night what oil is in my Jeep. And also, too, you don't have to have a social media page or any of those things to uh, share pictures of your uh, Jeep or Jeeps. Uh, and, and, and actually, several of the cases that we've had uh, with people that have more than one Jeep, uh, you can just go over to uh, jeeptalkforum.com and post them right there. Let's get to Steve here real quick. Hey, Steve, thanks for calling back. Hi. Hey, Steve. Water oil. Yes. That's, uh, that's really kind of a big subject. Uh, depends on... <laughs> which year of vehicle you have and uh, the uh, design on your lifters. Uh, for the older engines, uh, I run that racing oil you didn't think you'd like, Tony. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do is that out of all the engine oils you can buy over the counter, it has the highest uh, phosphorus content of, of any of them because it's made to run in flat tappet racing engines. And, uh, the other reason is is that it has additives that is uh, it allows it to uh, 
be at a higher temperature before any of those additives or anything break down. And so the uh, if you get a hot engine or something like that, it doesn't destroy your, your motor oil. And in fact, I use uh, that racing oil in my air compressor, which uh, because it doesn't have any fins, it's a AC compressor I should convert it over. It gets pretty hot, and uh, the uh, racing oil seems to do well for it. Well, Bart, there you go. Racing oil seems to be a, a good option. I stand corrected. I mean, if Steve, Steve says it, I believe it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, when you say over-the-counter, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Steve's mixing his own oil. Well, you go down, <laughs> go down to the uh, auto parts store, you can buy it there. You don't have to uh, uh, go to some uh, special racing warehouse or uh, okay. someplace like uh, or Summit or something, you know, and, and get it there. There's oils I've never even heard of they have that mm-hmm. are used in uh, racing engines. But uh, the Valvoline racing oil you can get at most auto parts stores. I see comes in various weights, and uh, I use 2050. I'm in California where it's nice and warm, kind of like where Tony lives, and uh, 1040 in the winter in those older engines. But an engine like yours, the design is a little different than uh, the older Jeeps, and those engines have roller cams in them, so you don't need that phosphorus. And the other thing is, is that they're designed with much tighter clearances. So they're running uh, much uh, less viscosity on the oil. And uh, that's just what you have to do in those engines because the clearances are so tight. But after your engine gets 100,000 miles on it, I wouldn't want to be running that thin oil. I'd be wanting to up the viscosity on it because your clearances won't be as tight anymore. It's good to know. So I think what, what Steve's saying, and, and correct me on this, Steve, is that whenever you first get the engine, all the parts are very, very close together, and you want to be able to get the oil in there, and if the, the oil is too thick, it's not going to get in between right. those metal surfaces. But as over time, when you get up to like 100,000 miles, like what he was saying, the metal has worn, and uh, now there's, there's a bigger gap. So you increase the viscosity so that you can keep those parts lubricated. Yes, that's correct, Tony. And but but I want to emphasize that today's new engines, Jeep is building them tight, real tight, with the idea that they're going to last a long time that way. And the other thing about that is that by using that really low viscosity oil. They can uh, up the mileage on their cafe standards, mm-hmm. kind of like the deal with the the headlight uh, pulsing <laughs> yeah. electricity and so forth. Right, trying to squeak all the mileage out of it. So that's that's just the way that engines have gone, as opposed to uh, the older engines that you and I have. Right. Now, how am I going to know it's a lower viscosity? That's what those numbers are. Is it the, well, the, the, the that's that's the uh, the viscosity is the uh, uh, the numbers you know like the five twenty right ten thirty ten forty plain old thirty um, the there's a society of auto engineers SAE and they make that determination by testing and what they uh, uh, are trying to do with the uh, the funny numbers like the twenty W fifty let's say. When you start the engine up, you should have a viscosity that's 
like a 20 weight oil, but as the oil gets hot, it's supposed to have a get to be more like a 50 weight oil. And uh, if you're doing a lot of idling and stuff like that, that higher viscosity helps because uh, your oil pressure is going to be lower in in most engines anyway. Interesting. I actually thought it was the opposite. I thought it started high and went down uh, to the lower number as it heated up. You learn something new every day. My understanding is that that's what it is. is That way you can use it in the wintertime for startups. Uh, as far as the Rotella, the tea that was mentioned, mm-hmm. that's really good oil, too. Um, that oil was designed to be used in uh, stationary diesel engines. Mm. And I've used that also, and, and it's a very good oil. Is there a certain one that uh, has the proper phosphorus and zinc in it, or is the, are they all the, the same? No, you got to watch what you buy, because uh, um, the Valvoline oils and the Rotella are the two that I know of with the paraffin base that have the phosphorus in it because the other oils now, because of the newer design of engines don't require it, they've dropped it. Mm-hmm. So you can get wear on flat capped engines with other engine oils that have dropped their uh, phosphorus and you kind of just have to ask. Right. So if he goes with the Rotella route, he'll uh, he'll just need to check and make sure that it has the uh, has phosphorus and zinc in it. Um, any opinions no, it on? It, it has it because, uh, like I said, stationary diesel engines they have flat tappets. Okay. Um, so any opinions on the the Mobile One synthetic oil? Uh, I don't know a lot about it. I've never used it. Um, Synthetic oil is 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 good, except that if if you've got a, a pure synthetic oil and and if it can leak past a gasket, it will. Um, I run synthetic oil in my Jeep transmission, and that gasket seats. And it's supposed to be for synthetic oil, so uh, you have to put up with a little seepage here and there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is, is that if you've got a uh, an engine with a lot of wear on it's got loose bearings and stuff i wouldn't put synthetic oil in it because hmm. viscosity on synthetic oil is not the same as it is on paraffin base and and i'm going to just tell you that by experience uh i can't run it in my subaru i have to did you say paraffin, paraffin based yeah paraffin okay yeah paraffin uh uh that's that's high school chemistry language the paraffin series is methane ethane propane butane Octane, no name, decane, all up the ladder until <laughs> you get to asphalt. That's and somewhere in there is paraffin wax. So that's why they call it the paraffin series. Huh. Uh, it comes from dinosaurs. But uh the uh, synthetic motor oil is silicon based instead of carbon. And silicon acts pretty much like carbon except that it's not quite the same. Right. And uh when you use silicon instead of carbon, uh you can get some really good lubrication properties, but you also get a, a change in viscosity. Interesting. So Lots of good information. So the other thing that I do using the oversized oil filter, do you see any uh, any benefit in that, Steve? Uh, the more filtration you get, the better. You know, I mean, that's 
way it's always been. Um, they theoretically, if if you could filter your oil 100, uh, percent you wouldn't even have to change the stuff hardly. Right. But um, that that can't be done. So. Oh, and and so we'll, end up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you end up changing it because it it uh, gets a lot of carbon and, and other junk, and that's why it turns black. Right. So uh, one more question for you, since I have you here. Now, uh, there's there's quite a few uh, people that will talk about putting a, a oil cooler on their uh, their engine to, to you know to cool the oil down. What is the benefit of that? Uh, well, there's two benefits. Uh, one is that it keeps the oil cooler, obviously, but by doing that, it uh, makes the additives last longer. And the other thing, and this is not like if you get a, a hot rod Chevy now and, or a hot rod Mustang, they have oil coolers on them oh. for the engines. Uh, it's another way to cool the internals of the engine uh, that are pretty far away from uh, the water jacket, like the bearings and the crank and all that stuff. Interesting. Well, I may have to try that on mine. I'll have to go back and look at that. I, I guess I was kind of looking at the oil coolers as the, like the uh, the racing motor oil. Who needs that? <laughs> well, you know that 4.3 Chevy I've got, it's a 93. It had an oil cooler on it right from the get-go. Yeah, I remember you were having some uh, heating problems towards the back end of it, and uh, you put the, those uh, fans on your hood to, to cool it down, if I remember correctly. Well, those are oil coolers, actually. Oh, they, uh, okay. Makes better sense now. And they're and they're thermostatically operated, so uh, the oil out the back side of the cooler gets over 160 degrees. Fans come on. Interesting. Well, Steve, we're going to let you run because we've uh, run over tonight. Thank you a lot for oh, calling yeah, in. Definitely. It's, uh, Lots it's always of good information. Oh, yeah, always. It's always great information to hear from Steve. I'm, I'm so glad that he's listening to us and able to jump in there and, and answer these questions and uh, uh, help give uh, Bart and I'm sure a lot of you guys uh, better information than what I was giving you. Again, when it says race, I just think of it being as, as something that you really don't need uh, unless you're racing. So uh, great to know that they uh, they have more additives in there and they stay um, together, I guess you could say, uh, and, and doing the job they're supposed to do longer under uh, harsher environments, which that can occur, especially when you're off-road or driving in uh, southeast Texas on 100-degree uh, days. And, folks, um, we're going to wrap it up. We want to thank everyone for joining us in the chat room and giving us a call tonight. We're talking about motor oil next week. I'm hoping that we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be able to contact some folks about being uh, guests. We, Special guests. We, yeah, we were planning on doing that last week, and with me being out ill uh, so much, I wasn't able to do it this week. So, uh, the goal for next week will be to have a guest, and then. Okay, uh, that sounds like a plan. Yeah, and uh, if not, we'll come up with a topic. Uh, if uh, if that doesn't work out, but I, I'm pretty sure we've got like four or five people chomping at the bit, waiting to hear from me. Right. And hey, folks, you can join us every Thursday night. Tony, Josh, and I record the Jeep Talk Show podcast, and that's at 10 o'clock central at www.jeeptalkshow.com. And my Wrangler talk this week, we're going to be talking about what to do 
after your lift. Oh, God. There's so much to do. So much to do. That could be a topic for (laughs) That could be a series of years of of talking about that. There's all, it's not, I guess that's the fun thing about the Jeeps is there's so many things you can do. Folks, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you calling in and listening to our live call-in show. (laughs) You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you uh, Thursday. Night.